Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Betsy. Just good morning. Welcome to Oasis Church. My name is Jim Talbot. I'm an elder here and like to welcome you. As a church, Oasis here, our mission is to help people become and grow into mature disciples of Jesus. We believe a disciple should seek God, belong to community, and serve the world. Seek, belong, and serve. I'd like to wel welcome any guests who are visiting with us today, either here in person or online. If this is your first time here physically, we'd like to give you an Oasis coffee mug as a gift. And if this is your first time joining us online, please fill out the connection card on the Connect With Us tab on our website, which is www.celebratethejourney.org. For those of you who are here, you can find the connection cards on the center back table. We don't ask for this information to pester you too much, but to provide you with some information that is important about Oasis um, in order to help you decide if this is where God wants you to attend and fellowship. If you have any questions before you leave today, please ask anyone, and if they don't know the answer, they will direct you to somebody who does know the answer. The connection cards that I spoke about can also be used to sign up to receive a weekly email with a link to our newsletter, or you can text the word keyword newsletter to the number on the screen. The email and the newsletter are the best ways to keep up to date on all that's going on at Oasis. Also, as you leave the building today, there's a little plastic box above the joy box over there where it has a list of the announcements in case you need refreshment about what's been shared here this morning. So take advantage of that if you'd like. There's a prayer box in the back table to my right. Under the lamp, the box is the prayer box. <laughs> if you want to get prayer for something that you don't feel comfortable speaking to somebody about, um, please take advantage of that. Write on the card all the information you want to put on it, or as little as you want. This the cards uh, are given to a very small, dedicated team of prayer warriors who keep it very confidential. Nobody will outside this prayer group will know about it. So fill out the card with as much information. If you want somebody to pray with you, please put your name and a number to contact you and check the box saying, I want somebody to contact me. If you are online and you uh, need prayer, um, you can uh, click on the prayer page tab on our website. Um, unless otherwise noted, all these prayer requests will be kept under the strictest of confidences. If you want other people to pray about it, then please make that known in your request online. If God has spoken to you today about something you heard in the sermon or something that somebody shared with you or the music or whatever, um, and if you want and need prayers, all are welcome to pray with one of um, the elders who will be up here waiting at the end of the sermon if you need prayer. We also gather together for community prayer here in the sanctuary on the first Sunday of every month at 7 p.m. What did I say? Tuesday, first Tuesday of every month at 7. There is an opportunity to build community. This is an opportunity to build community, as well as experience the power and presence of God together. And our next community prayer is December 7th. 
We believe supporting the local church through the giving of tithes and offerings are biblical truths, whether you're here in the sanctuary or sitting at home watching us online. If you are here with us, there is a joy box, a wooden box over by the side door there where you can place your tithes and offerings. If you are at home, you can mail your tithes and offerings to the church office. The address is on our website. Or go to the Give tab on our website and set up a one-time or recurring offering amount. Besides that, uh, Dennis is away uh, this weekend and into the week. So just uh, continue to pray for him that he and Sandy, as they're away, just get a time of refreshment, um, just a time of relaxing and letting go of things and being refreshed. So instead of saying, here's Dennis, here I am. pray before I get started. Lord, you are you are the awesome creator of everything. You are the eternal God. You are and you were and you will be forever. You are eternally awesome, amazing, and you've created everything and you created man and you said I'm going to have a special relationship with man and and you enjoyed the fellowship in the garden and man rejected you and man sinned and man pulled away a man wanted to be equal to you and you didn't give up you had a plan and we thank you, Lord, for the plan, the plan of Jesus Christ, God the Son coming to earth, living a life as the perfect man and dying the perfect death, the death that paid the price for the sins of the entire world and all who believe that are saved from their sins. His sacrifice was so perfect, so awesome, that it could cover the entire sin of the world if everyone believed. So we thank you, Lord, that you've chosen us, you've called us out, you've given us your Holy Spirit, you've given us your word, and you've given us new life. So Father, bless the, your word today as we, as we look into it. Help us to understand it, help us to apply it to our lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, who? Who is a big word? Who is? It's a question in just who. It's a word. It's a question. It's all about identity. You want to know who is this? Who's that? Who's that over there? Oh, that's Mike Adwa. Okay. What's the first thing you do when you ask somebody who? They'll tell you their name. A person's name or maybe a form of it. We've all been given a name when we were born, either by our parents or whatever guardians we had at that time. And it, the name is written down on our birth certificate. It's entered into the town, whatever it is, registry. Um, you become a citizen. You, have, you get an identification. You exist. It's, it reminds me of Steve Martin and the jerk. 
the new phone book's here, the new phone book's here. I'm somebody. Love that movie. But anyway, he got his identity by being in the phone book. I mean, that's, that's pretty funny. But our identity is so much deeper and so much fuller. You know, there's a song that's been out recently, you know, over the past couple of years. Um, I am who you say I am. And uh, I love that song, and it's, it's very important that we know who Jesus says we are. But we gotta take it a little bit farther than just feeling good. Oh, Jesus says I'm loved. Okay, cool. Okay, then what do you do with it? It's not, Jesus didn't die on the cross just so you'd feel good and comfortable and happy and, and pleased and comfortable. No, there's more to it than that. Um, so in talking about names, if I say, okay, who's that? Oh, that's Tim Brzezinski. But that's like a, Tim, your first name is Timothy? Okay, that's his legal name, Timothy Brzezinski. But you use a nickname, we shorten our names. Me, my real name is James Robert Talbot. Now, to my siblings, you know, I'm Jimmy because growing up I was Jimmy and in their minds I'm forever Jimmy. <laughs> uh, my dad used to call me Seamus occasionally, that's the Irish version of James. My mom used to call me Jamie sometimes. Um, I've been called Jim or Jimbo, Jim Jim, Jim Jumbo, Jim Bob, JT, and Dennis calls me Jimmy T. So I answered all of them, you know. It doesn't tell me who I am, but it, these, are, these are nicknames that, that I'm given. We give people nicknames because of many reasons. Some of the reasons, the positive reasons are, it helps build a connection with somebody. It, make, it helps tell them and yourself that we're intimate with each other. A group of friends will give each other nicknames, like the big guy will be tiny or you know, silly things like that, but it, they feel like they get a sense of belonging. Um, and couples, couples give each other nicknames, and these are names that they only speak with their, their spouse or their lover or uh, their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Um, it's a special way to, to, to develop intimacy, to, to just keep that relationship special. Now, nicknames can also be used negatively to make fun of somebody or to vilify somebody, think politics here, or to exert some kind of control over that person, to keep them in their place, to belittle them, or to minimize their importance. Um, maybe you grew up getting called names when, um, from people in your, your peer group. Uh, those were hurtful, harmful, and they may have affected your, your self-identity. Um, but there's more to those nicknames. The nicknames are just nicknames because they are not necessarily the truth if they're given by somebody who um, does not have the power to over you. Today we're gonna hear from Jesus and he's gonna be using some nicknames. Okay, Dana. 
Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, or others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of a living God. Now Jesus used nicknames, he even used one for himself. He said, the Son of Man, instead of saying I. Now the Son of Man is, is in the Bible. It was used by God to talk to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel was a prophet sent by God to Israel to, to give them what God wanted him to say. He was a prophet, and if you read Ezekiel, God says, Son of Man, with capital letters, anyways, my Bible, it's a name that God gave Ezekiel. And Jesus chose that for himself, Son of Man. Why? Is it to identify with us as men, like other people use nicknames, to identify, to develop a relationship, to, to be intimate? Was it to keep him on track so he would keep realizing what he was there for, that he wouldn't stray, even though he's God, he's not going to. There's plenty of reasons why he chose to do that, and we'll probably have to ask him in heaven to really know the answer. Um, now, Jesus wasn't asking this question of his disciples, who do people say that I am? He wasn't trying to find out how popular he was getting. He wasn't checking how many followers he had on Twitter. He wasn't seeing how many likes he got in his latest post. He was asking them what the people are saying about him. Jesus knew who he was, and anybody else's opinion of him doesn't change him at all. He was asking what the people are saying, and people were saying things, obviously, because the disciples said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah and the other prophets. But he was like setting up the apostles to, to think about these things. This is what the people say. And, and while you're telling Jesus what the people are saying, you're probably thinking, I really don't agree with that or I do agree with that. So Jesus is testing his disciples. And Peter, God bless him, he stepped up. And when Jesus said, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now Jesus asks us that question every day you wake up. Every day you wake up, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And most of the time we don't even hear him asking. We get busy in our day, we start doing whatever we have to do. We make the coffee, we eat breakfast. We'll maybe read a verse or two or whatever, and then we'll go about our day. And, and we didn't take the time to identify who Jesus is in our lives and who he is in all creation. And he didn't say, he, he didn't, when he asked the disciples, he didn't say, who do you think I am? He said, who do you say I am? There's a big difference. You can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah, but do you say that? Have you ever said it to anybody? 
Jesus is saying, who do you say that I am? You, sh you should be talking to people in the normal course of the day. And if you do talk to people, you should be saying that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Next slide, please. It's basically the same slide with a little more information. But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for the flesh, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The disciples gave some very impressive names about who the people said he was. I mean, Elijah, uh, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, these were great prophets. They were very famous. They did amazing things, but they were just men and just prophets. But God, according to Jesus, let Peter know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He was revealed by the Father. And Jesus answered, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. That was Peter's real, full, legal name. Simon. Bar-Jonah means son of Jonah or Johannan or John. Different versions have different names for Peter's father. Some are in Aramaic, some are in Hebrew, and some are in Greek. So it's the same person, same name, just different versions. So here, it's interesting. He says, he speaks to Peter and says, Simon Barjona, his, his given name, his name before, before Jesus arrived. And then he goes, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, Peter is the name. Cephas, Peter, it means rock, little rock. And Jesus is not saying, I'm building my church on Peter. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, what God has revealed to you, Peter, is the rock on which I will build my church, that I, Jesus, am the Christ, I am the Son of the living God. That's what Peter spoke, that's what the Father told him to say, and Jesus said, that is where I'm gonna, how I'm gonna build my church, on this truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, he gave Peter this nickname early on. We read in the Gospel of uh, John, chapter 1. Uh, this is around the time when John the Baptist was baptizing, and Andrew, Peter's brother, was a disciple of John the Baptist, and he'd follow him around, and, and he heard John the Baptist say to, about Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that Andrew and another disciple followed Jesus, and and he, he believed he was the Messiah. So he says, one of the two who heard John speak, this is John the Baptist speak, and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Jesus knew Peter better than anybody else, even more than Peter's parents. 
Jesus knew Peter. He knew who he was, he knew all he was gonna go through, and he knew who he was going to be. And he was establishing a change in identity here. When he gave him that nickname, Peter, he was setting the course for Peter's life to become a rock, to become less out there, you know, speaking up when he shouldn't, and then all the Peter things that we love about him. He was gonna change his identity. And Jesus knows the exact same thing about you. He knows everything about you. He knows you inside and out. And he, has, he knows who you're going to be. And he's going to make that happen. Now, you may have not received a personal nickname from God. Maybe you have heard something in your prayer life. I don't know. But you do have a calling to be a Christ one, to be a Christian. Your nickname is Christian. Christian is a name given to those who followed Christ. They belonged to Christ. So taking the name Christian as a nickname is, is perfectly right. It's, it's, it should be done. I am a Christ one. I belong to Christ. It's my identification now and that supersedes any other identification that I had. Even the, those nicknames that hurt before or, or limit me in some people's minds, this is my identification now. I am a Christ one. And in that, I have the responsibility of portraying Christ in my life, of being Christ in my life. I would be the biggest hypocrite if I told people I'm a Christian and my life was completely opposite of anything that a Christian should be doing or called to do. James in verse one, chap uh, chapter one, verse 22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. You could read the Bible and say, wow, that's great, praise God, and then not even do it. And he says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You could be deceiving yourself that you are living the life that Christ wants you to live. Oh, I read my Bible. Yep, got that done, checked it off. I'm good to go. That's not the whole life that you're called to live. Okay, moving on. Jesus also gave nicknames to James and John the two brothers, sons of Zebedee. He appointed the 12, this is kind of a recap, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. This is just a little fact that I wanted to put in. You may have noticed in reading the Gospels and that some of the names of the apostles don't line up. And like Thaddeus um, isn't in the listing of the apostles in Acts. There's a Judas there and some theologians say, well, that's because Thaddeus was also known as Judas, 
the son of James. Um, maybe Jesus gave him a nickname of Judas. I don't know. We'll have to ask Jesus when we see him. But um, the fact that Jesus used nicknames kind of tells us that we can use nicknames in a positive way, in a way that builds up, that encourages. I remember when I was, I don't know, how old, five, six years old, and we had to go out and pick up something in the yard, I don't know. And my grandfather, he was, he was really old. Ever since I was born, he was really old. But uh, for some reason, he, he said to my mom, there is an Iron Man. And my mom told me that, and I was like, what? I was thinking of the comic strip Iron Man, but he meant something totally else. He, was, he, he worked on the railroad. Um, he was a conductor, and he was very old school. He knew Babe Ruth. He hung out with Babe Ruth. It's bizarre. I'm really going off the trail here. But uh, those nicknames can impact you. And to me, that, that was kind of, kind of gave a, a light to my life, gave me a purpose. Um, and we can have nicknames for other people. The fact that my parents and my, my grandfather gave me a nickname were good things. I felt connected and I felt loved. And we can do that with each other too. Like Jesus, not Jesus, like Dennis called me Jimmy T. I mean, whatever, I, I love it. I don't care, that's just the way Dennis works, so. But we may be giving Jesus a nickname. Maybe we like to call him Lord and Savior. Maybe we, that rolls off our tongue like that and we don't even think what the words mean. Maybe it gives us a sense of belonging and that we're intimate and you haven't really prayed with him for a month or you haven't looked in your Bible for a year. Nicknames can be fake and they can be um, a substitute for a real relationship. Again, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you should be looking into the word, studying it, understanding who he is, because you can't really believe what he, if you say, I am who you say I am, and you don't know who he is, how are you gonna believe what he says about you, or how are you gonna know what he says about you? I, I, I am who you say I am, sets you up for, if that's true, then you've got a lot of work to do because that's what we're here for. We're not here to be comfortable and happy and, and just loved. If you remember Dennis talked last week, uh, we're gonna get to that. Uh, I'm gonna cover some of those same verses. But there are things that we're supposed to be doing as Christians, as the church, we're supposed to be um, getting out there. Actually, we're supposed to be um, prophesying and, and healing and, and just doing things that the church is supposed to be doing. Okay, let me move on. So back to Jesus' question. Next, Mark. Yep. Who do people say that I am? And they said, John the Baptist, da, 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 da. And he strictly charged them not, he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. 
I tell you right now that that verse does not belong to you and me. That's gone. That's, it doesn't apply. We are not strictly charged to tell no one about Jesus. We are completely the opposite told, go out and tell others. Now he said that to them because timing had, was important. He had to accomplish all that God gave him to do. He wasn't going to die on the cross before his time. He wasn't going to be made the king of Israel. He came to die on the cross at the right time, in God's time. And so he told his disciples, don't spread that around. Do you believe I'm the Christ? It's true, but don't tell anybody there's things that have to happen. Um, This is what we've been told to do. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Do you remember this from last week? In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. I just want to add the second part here that I feel is important to the rest of the message that I'm giving today. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, meaning he had accomplished everything, sat down at the right hand of God, and nobody sits on the right hand of God except God the Son. And they, his disciples, the church, the early church, they went out and preached everywhere, get this, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. What is proclaiming the gospel except telling people who Jesus Christ is? He is God the Son. He died for our, the sin of the world. Those who believe in him will be saved. There's the gospel. Go out, and then he says, and these are the signs that will accompany those who believe. Casting out demons, speaking in tongues, all that. And then they do exactly what he says, and they are doing that, confirmed by mes the message they gave by accompanying signs. They actually preach the gospel like Jesus said, and the supernatural powers that God had given them were evident when they did it, just like he said. So, I am who you say I am means I am a Christ one and I have been given the charge to proclaim the gospel to the whole creation to everyone and by doing that you will empower me by the Holy Spirit I will my message will be accompanied by supernatural signs that's who God says you are 
That's who God says I am. Because that's who we say he is. Um, this whole sermon kind of came into being um, a couple weeks before Dennis, no, actually a week before Dennis preached last week. Um, when I was sitting there and listening to him, what he was saying, you know, it was connecting so well to what I had been reading in Ephesians. Now, if you have ever read Ephesians, um, you know that the first three or four chapters are are just a wonderful portrayal of who we are in Jesus Christ. It's just very encouraging. It's it's a version, a Bible version of "I am who you say I am." And then the last three or four verses, uh, chapters tell us how to live with others in that and, and what else to do. Um, but I just wanted to look, read a few verses um, from early on in Ephesians one seventeenth to 22. Thank you. For this reason, this is Paul uh, writing a letter to the Ephesians. And in his letter, he's like praying aloud as he's writing this or he's dictating to his scribe. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance and in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Read that again, and it's talking about God giving power for us to know Jesus. Like we talked about um, when Peter it was revealed to the Father that this is the Christ, the Son of the living God. God gives us power to know him, Jesus, better in having the eyes of our hearts enlightened. And then in that, we get to know the hope that he has given us and the riches. And then it says the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. So if we believe and, and we're out speaking, the power is going to be there. And then when he seated him at the, his right hand, the only place, the only person who can sit at that spot. Our calling includes knowing Christ more and more intimately by reading his word. Dennis said this last week, be in the word, study the word, meditate on the word, and also start acting on the word. When we obey, like the early church, we get experiences that fortify what we're reading. If they, so you go out and tell somebody and, and something happens that this person I thought would never listen, all of a sudden listen, it's a God thing, that God is giving you accompanying signs that the Spirit is working. 
it may not be somebody rising from the sick bed or whatever like that, but we can learn to know Jesus better experientially by not just reading the word and praying, but actually living and having him show up and working through us. And my last section that I want to get to, for this reason, again, here's Paul talking to the Ephesians, and he bursts out into prayer again later on. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I like a nickname. Here we go. I love how God's word just is so entwined, and it, it's one unit, and I love it. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, to know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. I am who you say I am. You love me. <laughs> Amazing. But now I know who you are, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So before I read the last section, I want that to be the like, benediction to you and blessing as you leave today. Um, I, I ask that you please read Ephesians. Just take, your, take the time and, and read through it. See who God says you are. See what Christ did for you. See who you are to be to your brother and sister in Christ. See how you're supposed to live and reveal Christ through your life. So let's close now. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen.